welcome to an episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is your host, Brett White. I have overthrown Matt's rule. That's not true. Matt has uh, an audition today, so I am keeping the loony bin under control. Or the dog pound. You guys... You're just going to throw out metaphors until one sticks. Yeah. Are you guys the dog pound or the loony bin? I'd <laughs> much rather be a member of the dog pound than the loony bin. Okay. Yeah, Those were very self-actualized, that's enthusiastic true. people. <laughs> uh, we have with us uh, a returning fan favorite, uh, Nicole Dressel. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> uh, and our guest this week is a hilarious comedian at the UCB Theater. You've probably seen him perform on The Law Firm every yeah. Friday night. At 10.30. At 10.30. Uh, Mr. Matt Fisher. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. If you don't have to think of me as Matt if that makes me like a usurper. You can oh. think of me as Fisher. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, wait. Yeah. Or really if we point. need a Matt, then I will be able to do almost none of the work that Matt usually does. It's like Matt and Brett, one loves comics, one is learning. Visiting. Yeah. Visiting. <laughs> one is <laughs> yeah, one's is a mature love and one's is, is a... Yeah. <laughs> That's a gross word, right? Nubile? Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this week we're talking about uh, Generation X number one through four uh, from November 1994 through February 1995 is when these came out. Um, okay, this is where comic book dating gets weird because that actually means that they came out uh, September through December 1994 because comic books are dated two months previously. So you get that jazz, you get that, that uh, well, electricity of reading something uh, that's not supposed to, not technically belongs to the future. It, Right, the, they're dated two months in the future. Yeah, and yeah. that and that is not... People mistake that as a publication date, but that is a, hey, retailers, throw this away or send this back date. Oh, stop! Yeah. Interesting. So this this came out in September 1994, but it was dated November 1994, which is saying, like, hey, Walden Books, if you haven't sold these, you, you, should, you should do something with them. Chuck them. Do huh. retailers still send them back or chuck them? Or But because I, I feel like sometimes you can buy older issues of yeah, things. Yeah, retailers but... don't sell them anymore, which is the, one of the big what problems. I, oh, I didn't know that. But I wait. think, well, when I worked at Books A Million, yeah, we would send them back. We would send them back. But some um, of them you keep like you can go upstairs at midtown comics yeah and like, comic book stores once they uh, hit, gotcha, gotcha, once gotcha, the gotcha, next gotcha, issue comes gotcha. out they get back to borden and put in the back issues oh okay so when you say real real like borders which not right. comic books walden books which is the thin on the ground now yeah oh, i was walden books still exist at all yeah, i don't know it's been a while since i've seen one but it's been is... a while since i spent a lot of time in a mall in yeah. a mall in a extremely small city yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, walden books is where i got my first dark phoenix saga trade paperback a walden books and a suncoast in my mall growing wow. up, which was, like, so cool. Suncoast. Uh, I yeah. bought the first uh, cassette I ever bought was in a Suncoast. Really? It was what was it? Men at Works Cargo. Mainly because it had a cool oh, cartoon okay. cover. Okay, <laughs> that's, fair. that's um, fair. But, yeah, this is... So we're, we're getting really into 90s with this. Yeah. Uh, and also, I did not... I don't think I even... This crossed my mind, but this is September to December 94, December 94, December 2012. There's a Christmas issue. Oh, and the right, four of these. Yes. That was the point I was getting to in a very roundabout way. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Wait, so, but the Christmas issue would have come out... In December. It, it's dated February, but it would have come out in oh, December. Oh, okay. Great, yeah. that makes sense. Oh, that's how you learn their lie. Yeah. That's how, that's how you uncover the truth. Yeah, because, like, you look at the cover. That is a very Christmassy cover. Right. Oh, my God. Nerd child Brett. What? He managed to remove the free cards that came inside this comic book without disrupting the plastic of the card covers at all. Yeah. Oh, can we put a picture of this up on the website? This is the nerdiest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. So you were born this way. Yeah. That's wow. an amazing that shorthand to explain so much of someone's personality. Just yeah. In one. Ten-year-old exactly. me. That was, I did oh not gosh. know that was in there. Oh, my gosh. This is my favorite thing. <laughs> that Merry is... Christmas. What, co- what cards are those? That's like, is this X-Men Series 4? 
This is... But you managed to... These are X-Men Fleer Ultra 1995 trading cards. You managed cards. to open them gently That's enough amazing. to extricate the cards without disrupting the wrapping yeah, at all. This was still... in 1994 when you were a younger man. You, yeah. you yes. might have had other concerns like, give me those cards. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I just... I, I, well, I, give me those cards, but let's make sure the look is preserved. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. So these books are from that era. The, you, I was mm-hmm. 10. You bought you bought these physical books when you were ten. Yeah, it's amazing. Yep, uh, or my mom did. Um, uh, back what? You did not have an independent source of income at ten years old. No, I did yeah, not. I don't. I don't. I think I. My mom cleaned houses for a living, and my job would be to take out the trash, and I would get like five bucks. Oh, okay. nice. that's not bad. Yeah. How many comic books would that have bought you in? Well, the prices on these. Wow. Let's, let's really get deep in here. Uh, Two dollars. Yeah, yeah. Each. This one was more. The was issue, Generation chromium. X number one is a chromium cover, which was four bucks. Wow. Three ninety five. Hmm. Wow, which is like how much you'll pay now. Yeah, almost. for a regular for comic. For like a regular comic. Uh, Matt, what is your other Matt? Bizarro right. Matt. What is your comic book uh, background? Uh, it is near zero, but not at zero. Okay. Uh, I, as a younger man, I was like a Mad Magazine, Cracked Magazine kind of okay. person. Okay. Um, so that's that's scratched. DC Comics or DC like owns they're oh, part really? of Mad, I think. I, that that makes sense to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like it's I remember on the Masthead that yeah. I feel like I read that. I read the Masthead a lot. I, I don't really like humor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I buy magazines for the Masthead. <laughs> but then, uh, so then I grew into a, a young man and then a young old man and then in New York, maybe like in oh, 2007, 2008. Uh, my good friend Justin Tyler, he oh yeah, he said to me like comic book clubs, Justin Tyler, comic book clubs, Justin Tyler. Might know who that is. He sat me down and he said, Matt, you have personal problems. Like you, like you're you're you have certain personality deficits. Why don't you read comic books? This is a match made in heaven. You should avail yourself of this uh, technology. And so, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so uh, he got me like a little starter kit. And I there was like a three or four month period there when I was like a. Uh, a Why the Last Man okay. uh, uh, DMZ uh, <laughs> kind of guy. Nicole has strong feelings about Why the Last Man. Yeah. Read every issue. Yep. But to torture yourself. Powered through. Right. No, torture, no, read every issue so that my opinions would be valid and right. fully informed. And not to not to pigeonhole you, but was it because of certain gender, yeah. gender yeah. issues? Yeah, I think that's probably okay. fair. The okay. reason I disliked Why the Last Man was the concept. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's women power. No, it's not. <laughs> but but close. Oh <laughs> uh, God! Now we have to do that at some point. We probably do. Have to do that. It'd be like a special standalone episode. Can we follow it up immediately with Runaways, just so like Brian knows we're cool? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Because you love Runaways. I love Runaways. You're not. You're not saying Brian K. Vaughn is a misogynist. Not at all. Nope. Okay. You could see where someone would be drawn to that concept in the abstract, and then yes, start yes, working through it and yes. find yourself in sort of a morass yes. of gender issues. I mean, I think it is based on something Mary Shelley wrote. I think she wrote something oh. called "Why the Last Man" that I need to read at some point. Oh yeah, Mary Shelley's that does Frankenstein. Sound, yeah, yeah, that does sound familiar actually. Yeah. Um, so for a couple of months, well, what was in Justin Tyler's starter kit? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Because Justin Tyler is kind of a renowned comic book person. Yeah. He does like yeah. video interviews for Newsarama, I do yeah. believe. Um, comic Book Club is on the Nerdist Network. Yeah. Oh, cool. Dude's got stature. Yeah, he understands, and then he, he also understands me very well. We spend a lot of time together. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that, there was a real empathic bridge there. Mm-hmm. I, ex- I expect that's some sort of comic book term. I really meant it just in, in a literal sense. Um, Psychic rapport is what Jean Grey and Cyclops have. Right. So anyway, interesting. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Matt, where are you? 
<laughs> we are lost without a matter. Uh, so yeah, I think it was DMZ and Y, and oh, and Fables. Fable? Okay, Fables, Fables. Fables. Nicole has issues on Fables too. No, no, no. I'm just <laughs> pointing it out. Yeah, no, I didn't. I just started reading it, but I didn't love it. That's fine. Yeah, that, that kind of happened with all of those. Uh, over really? over a few months, I was like, my collection of. In park Disney Disney World music is being is, oh, is sure, sure, floundering sure. while I read these comic books. Disney, sure. you're a Disney yeah, that's, nerd. I don't know. Yeah, is that... that's my main problem. Uh, but I, I would say there are. I feel like didn't we discuss this on a previous episode? I think that you might have been on about like the like the Disney canon or like how there's like a universe of Disney the way there's like a universe of Marvel in a way or there's like as many. What was the Listeners, go back and find that episode. Was it when Disney got? Yeah, yeah I think it, it was, I think it was the Marvel Now episode where we were talking about how you reboot things. Maybe. No, I'm not, I'm not informed. But Disney is a huge thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, also in straight in print comics, there's like Duckburg and the and oh, yeah. and you know the those those guys. That's a pretty robust like yeah. canon. Of there's a current Darkwing Duck comic book that actually people are loving. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because uh, Darkwing Duck should be made for comics. I mean, yeah. he, he's made for that. He's a superhero. Right. But he's more like a 1940s radio serial shadow type, but that's yes. also superhero. Crime fighter, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so great. Um, so this is jumping in into the deep end, I guess, because Generation X <laughs> is... I'm re- reading this, I'm like, this This was the culmination of a lot of story. Like, mm-hmm. the to put it all in perspective... Um, this is where I start the long, sure. rambling mon- uh, monologue that you can pepper with your fun comments. Okay. Um, I might need a donut. Do I might donut? just read some of my tweets. Like, <clears throat> okay, now. yeah, yeah, fine. Okay. Uh, but basically, like, at the X-Men, there had not been a X-Men book with a new number one since 1991. So there, there went three years without a new X-Men series. Which, if you read comics nowadays, there is a new number one of an X-Men comic every three months, maybe? Like, three to six months? <laughs> So the fact that there was a new number one coming out with all new characters, they really were really hyping this, like, a lot. They had an entire uh, summer crossover event (coughs) that ran across... They had an entire summer crossover event that ran across every other X-Men book. Mm -hmm. And it was all like, this is leading up to Generation X. Um, So would those have been in those stories and things like that, or just sort of, like, promotional? Yeah, like, Uncanny X-Men number three... 315 no 316 and 317 are the phalanx covenant storyline x-men 36 and 37 are phalanx covenant storyline mm-hmm. and then like one issue of mm-hmm. excalibur x-factor x-force wolverine and cable are all phalanx covenant like but only it, one issue only one issue of those that sounds uh, funky. that explains yeah. one of the things in these books that i found so interesting was the little kind of oh, like yeah. hypertext yeah the footnotes <laughs> Yep. Yeah, which I found when? kind of frustrating. Yeah. Of being like, hey, yeah, yeah. I don't have those books. I'm very sorry. That sounds like a very interesting. <laughs> See, I find it reassuring because I'm like, okay, I'm not supposed to have any idea what you're saying. Oh yeah, it's kind of like a free pass. Like yeah. you don't have to understand this. It's cool. It happened. Um, when did they stop doing that? On the last around 2000. Okay. There, there were, there's this weird, which maybe you guys can speak to. There's a weird. Um, assumption that those things do drive people away. That they are annoying. Like, oh, I don't have that issue. Whereas my think my thinking is more of Nicole's line of like it points you to a thing you like okay that's where that answer is it's mm-hmm. fine and before the internet when I was a kid those right. footnotes were right. like gold to me because I right. would purposely go out and try to buy those issues yes and nowadays I don't understand why since we have digital comics why they don't actually make those like buy this Linkable, like yeah. little mm-hmm. advertisements mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this happened in this issue click buy like right. that's amazing mm-hmm. that would be great they don't do that. Um, 
But this was this was a huge deal because also all these characters are new. Um, the only characters that had been around before was Jubilee, who had been a member of the X Men for six years at this point, mm-hmm. but was still just a thirteen year old. Still sort of a mess. Perfect. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> six comic book years or six, six of her life years. Comic book years. Oh, wow. she first appeared in eighty eight. Mm-hmm. This is ninety four. Um, and Banshee, who is like one of the like an like his first appearance was in nineteen sixty seven. He is a veteran. He is. Right. Uh, even when he was an actual X-Man in the mid-70s, he was still, like, he had already been an officer in the NYPD. Mm-hmm. He'd, already, he'd already been an Interpol officer. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd, he'd already done all this stuff before his first appearance. He was already, like, an old dude. Wait, Jubilee is 13? Yeah. How old are most of these guys? Oh, they all have very specific ages. I don't have, um... Well, most people have very specific ages. <clears throat> it's how being a human works, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they, uh, before this came out, they had a Generation X magazine that came out, the Marvel mm-hmm. release, that had character profiles for all the characters and actually listed their ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Chamber and Husk are 18. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes I think sense. M is 16. Mm-hmm. And Very self-possessed 16. Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Agreed. <laughs> I think Skin might be 15 and Sink might be 16. Like, I, I remember that Husk and Chamber were mm-hmm. the oldest. Like, Husk might be 17 and Chamber is 18, but they mm-hmm. were definitely the oldest. Um... And so Jubilee is the youngest, but also the most experienced, because she has already been being a superhero right. for six years. Right, okay. um, and She's then, an old 13. Yeah. And then the other addition, the other character that we already knew is Emma Frost, the White Queen. Right. Who is, who was one of the X-Men's premier villains in mm-hmm. the 80s. Right. Um, and she went to a coma in 1991 in Uncanny X-Men number like 282. And she was, so she was in a... That's weird. I'm sorry. I know I've been talking to you, like, we've been friends for, like, five years now, but it wasn't until this second where I was like, it's weird that he does that. <laughs> Why? It's did weird he... that you can cite the, like, which comic book and which issue she When did Space Mountain open? Well, uh, in 1975. Okay. Okay, but he didn't... So there's, that. like, eight of those. There's, okay. like, you know, there's, like, 12 <laughs> Disney rides, you know? The, okay. Okay. Right, right, this, right. Also, the comic book universe is, is renowned for being... Yeah. Right. Comically, if you'll excuse the term, dense right. and right. intertextual. Yeah. Right. I also was like taking a huge risk with that. I like jumped off the cliff with asking oh. that question to prove yeah. my point. I was too. I jeez, yeah. man. I'm. Oh, I. I don't. In, in even matching up my level of Disney love versus your level of comic book love makes me very, very nervous. <laughs> uh, so Emma Frost had been in a coma mm-hmm. for um, every for like three years. A story of comic book story. Wow. Uh, she only just woke up uh, in the crossover that led up to Generation X. Okay. So Emma Frost, as a walking around human being in Generation X number one, has maybe been out of a coma for two weeks, mm-hmm. maybe like two, three weeks, maybe one week, like not right. that, not that long. Uh, also, her but, uh, but also willing to be an administrator at the at yeah. The school? Well, uh, her character trait. Um, she's first introduced in the Dark Phoenix saga in 1980 right. Uh, right. when Kitty Pride first discovers she's a mutant. And that triggers the blip on Cerebro, which is how Professor X like learns, ah, there's a new mutant, must recruit. Mm-hmm. Emma Frost showed up as a competitive, competing recruiter for her school, the Massachusetts Academy. Uh, so most of the time in the 80s, it was the X-Men or the New Mutants, which were the teenage X-Men of the 80s. So much backstory. How, is, how long had Emma Frost been around before Dark Phoenix? Or that was her first her appearance. First issue? Okay. Yeah, so, so, this, so did we even know this school existed, this Massachusetts... Institute not before, okay. no, not before uh, Dark Phoenix Saga. Okay. So she had her own group of students, the Hellions, because Emma Frost is a member of the Hellfire Club, so they were the right. Hellions. 
But also, I feel like it's kind of one of those, we're not bad guys. I'm a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Right, 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 right. right. Don't, please right. don't misunderstand right. us. Yeah. Right, right, right. I guess it's just, it's just different opinions. Nobody's yeah. a good guy, nobody's a bad guy. This well, is but commentary. Emma Frost kind of proves that, right? That she's, I mean, she is a villain second and an educator first. Yeah, yes. that's true. Yeah. That's um, true. So and her so, baggage. So it's been like it's been decades now of Emma Frost plot lines that are centered around. Do we trust Emma Frost? Though? Yeah. Yes. Because as soon as you told me that's what this, like th- this was an aspect of Generation X, I was like, you have to be kidding me. Because <laughs> they're still to doing be that. Me. Yeah. Well, but also Emma Frost is kind of like she does slip up enough. Her motives and things becomes are always suspect. Even when, right. So even though she's been a good guy for almost twenty years now. The writers still love having her do shady things right. that can be misconstrued. Um, Emma and, Frost, and she is a very poor edit. Like she, she, she's antagonistic <laughs> to Banshee. Oh yeah, yeah. from from the yeah. word go. Oh yeah. Uh, her big baggage though is the fact that she was put into a coma, and then right afterwards, all of her students were murdered. Ooh. Like the battle that they had put her in a coma, and then all of her students were killed by Trevor Fit- Trevor Fitzroy. So she woke up. Uh, Uncanny X-Men number 314 mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> is an entire story about her waking up in and realizing all of her students are dead and kind of just like be like, fuck this and like going kind of crazy. Uh, Who, do we know Trevor Fitzroy? Do I know him? No, you don't need to. Okay. He's not a good character. Okay. <laughs> the name seems to suggest. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Fitzroy. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that is all the crazy amount of like baggage of backstory that was leading up to this. And me as a 10 year old, this was my first number one. This was like right. my my new characters. I was like, right. this is my chance right. to have right. new kids. To be clear, that's not present in Emma Frost in these first four issues at all. Oh, her baggage? Yeah. No. Uh, I think it comes up later, mm-hmm. but you could probably... Well, we'll get into it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so basically, we're, we'll, we'll go over the plot of the first three issues. Right. Uh, In which 12 seconds, basically. Twelve. Uh, do we want to time this? Yeah, three sentences seven. or 12 seconds? Three sentences. Three, two, sentences? three sentences? Yeah. But no shady stuff with a lot Clauses? of conjunctions. Yeah. Parentheticals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, three sentences. Uh, the Massachusetts Academy for Gifted Youngsters? Is mm-hmm. that what they're calling it? That's not one sentence. That's me clarifying. Okay. We're your friends. Like, we're here to help you do this. <laughs> right, right. We're not going to do it. We're not against the, you. The, new the internet exam- is going to go sour crazy. pretty, uh, yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. But uh, The new Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters has opened, and Banshee and the kids go to Logan International Airport in Boston to pick up their, new, their newest transfer, a young mutant named Chamber. While there, they are attacked by uh, an evil mutant named Implate, who they then uh, defeat. And that, that's a comma. Who they then defeat, and then return home to discover that a new mutant, who they dub Penance, has been mysteriously transported to their grounds. Uh, Penance wakes up, freaks out, and basically the next two issues are the Generation X crew just trying to find this very terrified mutant there. Yep. Right? Is that yep. it? Yep. Okay. So let's that's, start with that's why M-Plate is such a terrible name. <laughs> How well, Nicole's taking the reins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What Except is, for the letters E and M, he's right. named after a very non-threatening object. A plate. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is M-Plate a word? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I assume it has something to do with the root of empathy because he, like, sucks. Oh, yeah. He takes things. Well, there's, um... This is a... I'm In trying to... I think... I can't remember if this is before or after, but there... This is more stupid continuity. Um, 
We got we got to love continuity. Like yeah. you got to embrace it. Because <laughs> it's all around you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like we all have history right here, guys. The, no, key, the, the listeners the only, don't know about. This is the only M plate that exists. Okay, that's weird. Oh, that's a weird name to. I just, in looking up this person, I just understood what a bunch of stuff in this issue meant. Oh, what? All those freaking interludes that made no sense. Okay, yeah. I gotta say, they were to a novice. Those were very alienating. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, that is one of my <laughs> points. Let's just go on and jump into that because the first three issues have a ton of weird one-page subplots, um, which is very indicative of '90s comics, '90s storytelling. Uh, the one that I think happens twice is are the Mondo subplots. The assassin guy. No, the assassin guy whose arm falls off. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Orphan Maker, which is our number, which oh, is issue four villain. Oh, and yeah. then Orphan Maker shows up. Okay, yeah. But Mondo is the guy on the beach, right? Yes. Who I think has two whole pages and two issues dedicated to him. Yeah, well, one page each issue. Yeah, but Mondo interacts with the Orphan Maker, doesn't he? No, I thought the Orphan Maker was trying to kill. I don't Mondo. think they're ever. What's happening? No, you'd Mondo... be forgiven for thinking that because there's zero context to what happens. <laughs> right. in any of right, it literally yeah. just says interlude. Yeah, like what is that? What issue? Can't do is that? that? That's in number. I two, think they I don't think. start until two. Yeah, two? but the Mondo um, one like, is literally someone just says, "Mondo, would you care to be involved in a story?" And somebody like, who no. looks like in, looks like okay. Jubilee. Do you want to know who that is? Yes, that is Cordelia Frost, Emma Frost's youngest sister. Okay. Now, do you know that? I mean, obviously, obviously, you know that now. But as a as a 10-year-old reading no. that, you're like, oh. Because no, as a novice, the thing that permeates every second I read a comic book is like, I am ignorant right now. Is everyone around me, like, is this a context? Is this character oh. coming back? Yeah. Is this, ob- is this a reference to something that I'm supposed to be picking up? Yeah. I assumed the Orphan Maker interlude was related to the be- the other beach thing, but they're not related at all. No, they're all... They're all that's the thing. They're all... Disparate things. The thing with Mondo, Mondo's first appearance is issue three, and it's a page of a girl running up out of a beach who right. is Cordelia Frost. You do not know that, and no reader will find that out for like another year. Either. Great. Like, Great. That sounds smart. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that, that's a misfire. And it's basically, she's just like, hey, I heard how you saved all of these kids from a, like a, from a fire. <laughs> do you, like, basically, do you want to be a superhero? And it's like, no. <laughs> and Bob and Bob with his little circular hyperlinks is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the weird thing about Mondo is he was included in all the promotional material of like, Mondo, a member of Generation X, and they had him in his costume and all this what? stuff, but he is not a member. And what? he doesn't join for a like, a maybe issue 12 or 13, he doesn't join until then. What? And even then, it's even, it's revealed then that he was just like, it's all, guys, it, I don't want to... <laughs> And is he a grown-up man? Because he looks like a grown-up man. He looks like an obese he's middle-aged man. Yeah. He's got chest hair, yeah. and he's wearing he's wearing yeah. a, trunks with uh, flowers on them. Yeah, uh, and I think he's like fifteen. He's <laughs> a giant man. Look at how what, look at what a giant man that man is. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a giant. Man. That's also one of it. His power is also he's kind of like he can take on the properties of anything he touches, or like kind of like absorb into it. It's a so weird thing. And so he's right just now? touched like a giant leather couch or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Where are they? uh, Samoa. He's Samoan. Okay. Oh, that explains it a little bit. Really? Samoan people genetically are tremendous. Okay. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Um, Well, uh, that's another topic. Well, have we put to bed this crazy subplot topic? No, we haven't. Explain (laughs) uh, Carter St. Sense. St. Croix? Is that how you pronounce that? I don't know. Okay. Croix? Croix. Croix. Yeah. St. Croix, the Saint, island Saint Croix. is pronounced St. Croix. Yeah. St. Croix, okay. Um, 
Well, you know, M. I just reached into your ten year old brain and reprogrammed yeah. <laughs> everything I've read. Uh, M's real name is Monet Saint Croix. Okay, so this is I have his no idea. Parent that Orphan Maker's trying to kill. Is Orphan Maker a part of the Saint Croix? Yes. I think it's an issue two. I think it's yes. issue two. I think it's issue two's interlude. That's what the thing it with is. the okay, the all the subplots. Don't in Generation do a X, podcast if you can't answer my questions. No, the thing, the About Generation every X fact ever. Like, there's considerably Matt, more comic Matt, book. Matt, they're characters. taking over. <laughs> um, all of the subplots in Generation X. The music that plays at Disney World is <laughs> no, pretty incredible no. in both how it's deployed. And <laughs> all no, of the subplots in Generation feminism. X make no sense. Okay, that's that's the thing. Uh, I don't want to get into M because M is the most confusing character. She becomes the fucking most confusing character Wait, in all of X Men. M? M, the teenager, M, oh. and, and, and the brunette, Monet, and the brunette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, M, why? Monet. Do you guys? Do we want to just? Do you want to find out what M's deal is? Well, no. First well, I want what to do you want the podcast to be like? I, I don't know. Oh, um, see, do you see? Yeah, this page. Okay, yeah. Make this page make sense for me. Okay. Okay, yeah, I get it now. I couldn't remember it. I, why does I'm assuming... he have blood here and then wires later? What's happening? Uh, this is the Orphan Maker. In issue four, the Orphan Maker and Nanny are villains from the X Men in like the late '80s. Okay. That they again reintroduce here with like fucking no backstory, yeah. and because as a kid, I was like, I don't know what this is. Right. Um, but Nanny, as a character, takes children and makes them. Assassins, basically. I think. Okay, fine. So, Great. like, that is a child in a giant life-size person's armor. Okay. Is what that is. Oh. I don't know if I ever. Which is why in the second interlude, they're very condescending to. Yeah. The orphan maker, or the orphan maker in the giant suit. The yes. orphan maker's like, I tried to shoot him, my arm fell off. Yeah. And who was that? Nanny's like, mm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And they, that's information they should okay. have given. Explain <laughs> what I'm holding to. I have no idea. Isn't he's that the, he's the president? He's the, he, that might be. What do we it, say? How do we say Saint Croix? Saint Croix. Croix. Saint Croix. I'm assuming that Which that I think is, is the same as Empath's last name. M's last name. Okay, hold on. Although, You're thinking of M Plate. Although M Plate, although M Plate is M's brother. No, which is no in story. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Hold on. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I'm getting it. So look, so look, I'm looking at a Wikipedia page oh, right now. That's all the spoilers. This is all the confusion. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. But all it says is alter ego Marius Saint Croix. Yeah, right. That is M Plate's real name. Okay, and that is. Also, the brother of M. Yeah, M. Monet. So this person that Orphan Maker's trying to kill is their dad. Yeah, and he's wanting to kill them to make M and M play an orphan. Orphans. Because that right. is what their M.O. is. Yeah. Right. Okay, why was that so hard for you to explain exactly. to me? Well, no, because it... Because I was yelling at you yes, the whole time? Yes, that is one of them. But also because I couldn't remember what that page looked like until you got it up. Well, well also I because what we're arguing about is the <laughs> fragment of one half of one idea is what, what makes those interludes so insane. <laughs> right. Because you're like, oh, I need more of a handle. I... <laughs> Give right. me anything. Right. Show me one more person's face, please. Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Show me somebody not in shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Stop using pronouns. Use names. Um, uh, the uh, the okay. I think the the only, the strongest suit of this, obviously, plot. Not that much. Right. Plot is very. Sure. Which is great. Which which I think is fine. I think it's great. It's uh, because I love the characters. Yeah. I think the characters are the big selling point for this book to me. They grew on me. I didn't like the first couple of pages because I was like, "Why are you introducing me to a bunch of people who are being mean to each other?" Really? Yeah. Well, that's that Generation X thing. I thought was oh, yeah. like seeing this is uh, like they're like everyone here is like, "Oh, oh man. my gosh, yeah. I just got Generation X." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was 
Yeah. That's one of the things I love about this. I think you're going to say you love about me. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you need to figure things out quicker. Um, yeah, that's fair. No, I love that these are all kids who, they really behave like teenagers, like the right. disaffected teenagers right. of 1994. Right, 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 right. Um, I love in the first issue when Skin, like, pulls out a cigarette and Jubilee's like, oh, you smoke? I'm so impressed. <laughs> or like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So much attitude all yeah. from yeah. everybody. Well, and I love that also... Um, one of my problems with New Mutants is they're all the the eighties comic which we mm-hmm. read that arc of mm-hmm. is a lot of them do seem kind of buddy buddy yeah I uh, think that's what which you is love. good well, which you know which is good but I like this because um, Jubilee and Husk are totally different characters and I like that in the first two pages Scott yeah. Liddell is like here are these two types of personality we're gonna watch them yeah, like yeah, yeah. clash yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know yeah I love it and I they love... also they grew definitely grew on me as it went on who is your favorites who are your favorites. If you have favorites, or who are your least favorites, or both. Matt, where are you? <laughs> uh, well, the other thing is just names, and like putting names to faces and things. There's right. a lot of characters. Right. Um, there's a lot of real names and code names. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I Now, I can't help but sound ignorant for the next 10 seconds. Um, I really like the first uh, husk, husk, husk with like the replaceable skin. Yeah, pud. Yeah, I like just husk because she I, she has kind of like her attitude about trying to be a little bit bigger than what she is. And oh like yeah, how she comes off at this new school is very relatable. Yeah, um, and I also like that her power kind of like reveals itself. Yeah, that you don't understand it really at first, and it seems like a little bit like. It's very like difficult to win worst. a fight that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, but Absolutely. yeah, it's like a learning curve because, like, by issue three, she's finally like used it for right. a purpose, like returning to that rock thing and attacking penance. Right. Uh, I love her. I love the Scrabble game that she and Skin play yeah. against each other. Um, where he like here what what and in one of the first times she talks. Um, oh, she corrects her southern accent. Yeah, yeah. She's pages, trying to hide I her love, accent. Love. Oh, really? Love that. Yeah. What do you love about it? Because uh, I think it says so much about her that she's shown up at this place and she's trying to fit herself into a mold. Yeah. Well, and of also what she thinks being successful here um, is her her older brother is Cannonball, who was a, does not care at all. Yeah, about who was a member of the New Mutants in the eighties, right. and at this point, Cannonball is like a member of X Force, who are the big old fuck arounds. Right. right. It's kind of like right. she is the little sister of like she's entering high school and her big brother like kind of like dropped out to go yeah, fuck yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. And she's really fighting this like no I want to show to be people, a, you going to be official. Yeah, I'm going to be an X-Man. Right. Like my brother right. gave up on that. I'm going to do it. Right. I also do like M because there's some self-possessed stuff you were saying before going on there. That's right. Yeah. Cool. And and when in fact when they first meet, she's yeah. like too too oh, she's yeah. over it already oh, yeah. over yeah. all these yep. people. Yeah. <sighs> Um, and, and she like has such much. a giant truck full of stuff that Banshee actually walks into a pillar yeah. in, in yeah. shock. Yep. Yeah, yep. I love yep. that. Um, I love that page of like, did you pack your whole life in there? Did you forget <laughs> your butler? When I was ten, like this was the funniest book to me. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> loved it. Um, <laughs> um, okay, wait. Okay, so tell us about him. Let's just do it. Okay, <sighs> boy. Um, so there were one, two, three. There were. Four one, hold on. There were four siblings. Okay. St. Croix. Yes. yes. Uh, or call them whatever. No, no, no. There were four. There were four. There were um the <laughs> Street Crocs. Sorry, <laughs> street I myself. There were there were two twins. Yeah. Uh uh Yvette and I think Nicole St. Croix. They were twins. Okay. They were like uh they were eight. Okay. Eight year old twins. And there was Monet, who was mm-hmm. I think sixteen. Right. And then there was Marius, who is in plate. Right. Uh, who was, like, their older brother. Right, okay. <sighs> um, at some point, 
I, I don't read these issues because I hate them so much. Okay. Uh, Plate attacked Monet, okay. I think. Somehow Monet turned into Penance, who is what? the Penance that you see in this. What? Uh, wait a minute. They're, but, but they chase each other through the woods. What yeah. is happening? And the two twins, I think feeling like either their power or feeling guilt or whatever, merge to form a 16-year-old Monet, who is this Monet. <gasps> Stop! Yeah. So wait, but does, you don't find no, that out. Stop, hold on. Wait, yeah. but does but so they know. So this sixteen-year-old Monet does not know. She thinks she's actually the sixteen-year-old Monet. Oh, okay. So they don't like join together and decide to become. a No, 16-year-old. it's like a it's like a survival thing. I think. Okay. 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 Um, okay. Because in issue okay. thirty-two, okay. 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 they have okay. a big battle, right? And a thing falls on M, and okay. Sink like goes to get her, and she's two little girls, and it's like, what? What happened? And then it all just and then but the thing so is self possessed eight year old girls. Yeah, I I like to That's ignore crazy. that. Like it from makes... a storytelling standpoint, it's like it could be that or Penance and M could be sisters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> fucking right. No. Because the no. the worst no. thing the worst thing is then they the twins are there. They're twins. They turn Penance back into M. Sure. Uh, a new penance appears out of nowhere. That's a problem. That's a problem, Larry fucking Hama. is a new writer that did all this, who I hate for all of this reason. Okay, I'm so sorry. Um, it's, it's a burden. Um, where is this happening? Where can this I find is, this? Don't, you don't want to find it. But if I did. It's about, like, issues, like, mid-30s of but it's Generation, in Generation X. X. Okay, yeah. Great. Um, uh... <laughs> But the, the my biggest problem is the M, that M, that new M, mm-hmm. the dependenced M joins Generation X and just acts like this M. Well, that kind of makes sense, but though. But she, like, no one treats her, di- like, it's not like, no one is like, hey, we, like, just kind of fed you apples and treated you like a pet for a long time. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, yeah, that's M. And she's like, yeah, I hate you guys. Like, it's almost as if she's just this M. Like, the character doesn't change, which I yeah. feel like that is a missed opportunity. Yes, right. yes, yes. It's a weird, that's totally, bad thing. I think it's totally well, that must fair. always be a temptation in comics is to say, like, well, a lot is going on. We got stuff we got to deal with in this book. So we can't we can't speak to right. all the people who right. you know smashed together to form you. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Wait, okay, so who is New Penance? Uh, I don't know if they've ever said... They, um... She hasn't had much uh, screen time. I don't think that anyone has seen that penance in like six years. What do you? What do you? What do? What do you mean? She hasn't had that much screen time. I need one panel and then somebody going what, and then an explanation. <laughs> no, I don't that, need a ton that of screen time. I don't think that happens. I don't think a ton of screen time. <laughs> in comic books, they, they could do, do that. it while fighting each other. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they say what, and then it's twenty years later, and then they answer it because you got to keep buying to learn the mystery. Oh man. no. Uh, um, the other thing that I think. Thank they... you for doing that. Getting that, I did. I wanted. I knew that was gonna, that was going to be a topic in this. Yeah. But I want to talk about the first four issues because those are the good ones. I'm shaking. Okay. Um, the other thing that I think they really pushed with this was diversity. Yeah. Because I feel like of all the X Men teams, this was easily the most diverse. Mm. Uh, to get into feminism stuff. Yeah. The first three pages are just nothing but, or the first like chunk of it are just three girls having yeah. a talk, yep. not about boys. Yep. About yep. their characters. Yep. And also the team is gender balanced. Like, it's more women than men. Yeah. Which is also the case with Runaways and New Mutants. Yes. So, mm-hmm. when when Marvel does a teenage book, they pile on the girls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it almost seems yeah. like in a good way. I wouldn't say it's not like no. in a no, T, no, no, it's no. not in a TNA way. I never got yeah, a yeah, sense yeah, that yeah. it's like, no, no, well, no, we gotta no. get the... Even no. even White Queen, who literally wore Fredericks of this Hollywood clothes. This is the clothes. most she's weird. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> she's weared this. In the whole time I've known her. She's wearing a bustier, but a blazer over it. Yeah, <laughs> so right. Which is not bad. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, like, that is progress. Yeah. Um... 
But I, I like you have like Saint uh, African American who's also adopted. They like he's an right. so that's a cool like you don't really see any adopted. Mm-hmm. He's like a raised by normal parents. Right. Uh, uh, Angela Espinoza, who is Latino from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, M, who is Algerian and African American. Oh, cool. Uh, I think the yeah. Oh, she's also Muslim, but that was a recent addition, okay. a recent revelation. Button pushed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the weirdest thing about her. <laughs> oh boy, J slash K. Yeah, it's a joke um, about how weird. No, this is set at a school, but in true X Men fashion, we never really see them doing anything school. Not all the class. I think there is a threat of having to go to orientation. Yeah, in, in one of the first three pages, and then yeah. it's blown off to go to the. Did you guys yeah, want yeah, yeah. more school? Do you think that was a miss? That's a missed opportunity given the the uh, stories that we got. Uh, no, because the way the story rolls out, you learn about people, like, you need to know about the relationship between the characters and their powers and stuff like that. You don't, yeah. like, you don't need to learn what they learn, yeah. you don't need to learn and algebra. also, I'm interested, I like, I like school stories, like, set in schools. Yeah. Train the X-Men is something I'm reading now. But, I don't want to watch six people go to school. Compared to Wolverine and the X-Men, I don't know, this is going to exclude Matt, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because you're not no reading problem. Wolverine and the X-Men. Right. Uh, yeah, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Go for it. He's read all issues, all 21 issues. <laughs> oh, is that true? Uh, this is the same artist that started Wolverine and the X-Men, Chris Pachalo. He did oh, the first three issues. interesting. And we did, he did most of the Definitely first year. Definitely matured a lot. Yeah. Because, like, there are times during this where I'm like, I cannot tell what's happening on the page. Oh, really? Because yeah. that's people's... Especially during fights. I'm okay. just like, someone's getting hit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That... Things get a little scribbly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. in the in, in the pursuit of penance. Yeah. When they find her and then they're underground... And, like, Banshee keeps, like, blowing them further underground. Yeah. It's, like, a little hard to... Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like people's complaint about him now is that he's hard to follow. Oh, I haven't found him. gotten more so? These, well, these are the golden, the golden years of clarity? Uh, well, I think in terms of figure construction... Yes. Uh, because his art's gotten a lot... I love... He's probably yeah, yeah. my favorite artist. Yeah. Uh, his art has gotten a lot more expressionistic, or mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and he's also started coloring his, his own art. Mm-hmm. So his colors are part of, like the feel. Like, he controls yes. that, so yes. he really uses color yes. a lot. Um, this is this is when he did the Death miniseries for Sandman. Oh, okay. It was around this time. So okay. this is this is Which that era miniseries? of miniseries? Uh, Death, um, High Cost of Living. Okay, I haven't read that one. Yeah. Uh, mm, maybe I have. Um, is that the one that's based on Death Takes a Holiday? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't I think remember, it was her guys. first miniseries. Oh, sorry! <laughs> um, but this, so this was his most clear in terms of like classic figure construction where the proportions are normal. Right, right. <laughs> um, but I, I love his art. And I also love uh, the look of the book. It feels very fall. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. And it, also a lot of big pages. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like, for that reason, maybe keying off the fact you said fall, I think some of my favorite looks in this are set during the daytime when he can be a little bit more careful with like color and light a little yeah. bit yeah in fact we were just looking at that frame of when they go after mondo or they Ugh. they introduce mondo yeah and that's sort of the begin the top of that page right. i love that of her coming out of the sun yeah like, that's sort of like like a little bit more like watercolory looking yeah 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 whereas like the rain the rain kind of kills it a little bit i just realized she is running up out of the water am i wrong about that is yeah. she running up out of the water and saying, there you are? So is she looking for him in the She's water? Walked, walked across the ocean for <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There you are. I don't know. Um, uh, this is also set in Boston. 
mm. um, outside of Boston, which all Marvel comics take place in New York. Does this feel more Boston-y? Yeah. Like with I the lived, fall? I or? lived in Boston a long time. I, I didn't pick up on that specifically. Well, they go to Logan I spent the whole time Airport. being... Do like, they just love going to Logan International Airport because it's Logan International Yeah, <laughs> it's named after Wolverine, right? Right. Nope. Is that not how it works? No. Um, yeah, no, it does not feel particularly Massachusetts-y to me. Even this, like, the last page of issue three with, like, all the... F- with all the leaves? No, that looks just as much like Westchester. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Massachusetts. But, but they have leaves, guys. Nope. A lot of the United States is deciduous forest. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. One thing that I really liked about it uh, as a novice is to come in when character when there's an obligation to reintroduce characters. Yeah. And one of the things that drew me through it was kind of like trying to like parse out how the chess game would work. Maybe coming from the X-Men movies uh, oh, and yeah. TV show, there's a very clear thing of like, it's kind of evenly matched and you, there's always like an interesting thing of like, well, if, you know, he's got magnets and, you know, and, you know, how, how that would all work. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, but that's a weakness for oh, yeah. uh, Wolverine. Right. Whereas in this, it was fun to reintroduce those things and to see how that might work. But I almost felt like what it reminded me of was the new Spider-Man. Yeah. Where in the, in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in the first act, they like, there was all this hard work to do of... Uh, well, he's got to become Spider-Man, but then he also has to take on the Spider-Man persona, and he has to like have need vengeance, but learn that that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, we got to okay. So he needs to want to become a wrestler and yeah. all this other stuff. And they found like a pretty fun way through it. And then in the new Spider-Man movie, they're like, oh god, we need to do all that again, but like different. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, and then so I like that here you're sort of setting up like a new universe of powers and counter yeah. powers. Um, and Sync, Sync has got to get in there somewhere. I think down the line, Sync versus M-Plate, his Sync ability oh, yeah. has got to be... That's the only thing that really trumps... Because that's the other thing is I like that M-Plate is, you know, obviously, to me, I think of like a big X-Man baddie as uh, Magneto. Yeah. And he, it's like, I see, I see Magneto, movie. he's very powerful, yeah. but like, as even as myself, I'm like, uh, maybe I'd fight him with uh, icicles. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, like, uh, I'd, I'd get, like, a plastic right. rake and go after him. Or something. <laughs> a plastic like, rake. Whereas, like, M-Plate is like, well, I can just pop out of another dimension and ruin you as a person. Yeah, and suck out your bones. <laughs> right. I also really love that part in issue one where he's at the airport, like, looking for lunch. And he sees that old man who he's right. like, oh, the trace of a mutant ability long fade. And he's, yeah, like, hugging cool. a one, like, like... As a kid, I was like, oh, that's right. Like, there are mutants that don't just put on spandex and go fight. Right. Like, there are, like, old man mutants out there. Right. I thought it was right. such a cool that touch. Really cool. You don't get yeah. to see the world much. And kind of like the, the, you have to drive forward so much and get to the next, like, kind of, like, fight. Yeah. yeah. That you don't stop and, like, look at the world much. Right. And that's, that, those, those are the parts of this that I love. And also, like, Scott Liddell was also writing Uncanny X-Men during this time. He took over for Chris Claremont, mm-hmm. who had a historic, uh, like, 16-year run. Right. Like, if you think X-Men, Chris Claremont pretty much did all of that. And mm-hmm. then Scott Lobdell had to follow that. Right. <clears throat> and people hated him. Um, but Scott Lobdell introduced this type of storytelling at times, with these, like, quiet issues. Like, he would have issues where no one fought. Mm. And it was just mm-hmm. like, there are, there are a number of issues that are just X-Men around the mansion just talking to each other and dealing with their lives. Did, cool. those, did those go over? Like, is that... I that love them. Mm-hmm. I love them as a kid, and I love them now. And I think when people look back on his run, they're like, well, he did that well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did not do a lot of other things well. Right. Um, and I think that's the same thing here. Like, I think you can kind of tell. He's not the best plotter, because there isn't that much to this, which I'm fine with. Yeah, right. I don't have a problem with that. <clears throat> well, it's kind of introductory, too. Like, you're sort of setting up the yeah. the, the game board. There's so right. many characters. We haven't really talked about Banshee that much, who I love, who's one of my favorite characters. 
And what? What? Do you have feelings about Banshee? No, I have not feelings about Banshee, which I felt bad about. A little bit oh. blank. I know your your face fell so much. <laughs> I, I don't. I can't even. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, he's the best. Well, I love. There's like I love the little odd couple. Like when uh, in issue I think three or two, when it has already cut ahead a little, and mm-hmm. Emma is like bandaging up his hands, right? Because he had tried to pick up penance, and I like that just that moment between the two of them. It was weird that one of the most active moments, which was him getting hurt picking up penance, happens off, off. off yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I read that and I was like, what happened? Yeah. That like, would oh, explain a lot about, because that's when you want to know a lot about penance and how penance works. Right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that would have demonstrated something I really <laughs> yeah, could have yep, understood. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, now uh, getting to the fourth issue of the series, which... Oh, we're just we're gonna skip ahead to the fourth issue. Oh, well, I like Banshee. I'll defend Banshee I too. Like I, I don't. I like that he, in a you know, especially in Generation X, it's it's a lot of uh, it plays kind of the irony of like these are kids who are small or marginalized, mm-hmm. but they have these sort of outsized powers. Yeah. I like that that's balanced against Banshee, who's like, no, he's a big, thick Scottish yeah, dude. Right, like right. his oh, his yeah. inner right. power is sort of mirrored by his outer. Stature yeah, right. too. Well, um, I like he was okay. also. So we're not, Yeah, it's probably for the best that we don't talk about Gateway. Oh, okay. That was so that's, like, so that's like a racist thing that happened. Oh, really? That we've kind of oh, well, no, I, no, history. we have to talk about it then. No, I Do don't. It's a great idea. No, no, that was one of the things I wanted to ask about because that was in the whole subplots category of right. what the fuck. Yeah. Uh, because I did not real. I did, like that gateway stuff did not read to me maybe until this read through. What uh, do you mean read to you? Well, because Gateway um, was a huge character in the X Men uh, around issue two twenty in the mid eighties went. Big fight. They save the world. Everyone thinks they're dead. Mm-hmm. They get shunted through a portal, end up in Australia, and they just like live in Australia for like thirty issues. Right. Right. Uh, Gateway is an Aboriginal mutant who mm-hmm. lived because they lived in like the far outback, and right. he just kind of like sits around. He's mystic, and he would like teleport yeah. them around. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the, is that it's the mystic, wise, <laughs> put upon man who suffers quietly and is mysterious? an appropriation of Aboriginal... Yeah, that's kind of where you're like, oh, there's a reason why we don't talk about him anymore? Is there a reason why that character went away? He was killed just recently. Really? Yeah. Just recently? He's been around. Uh, off and on, but he... Um, Boy, I think he was he... killed in Uncanny X-Force recently. Okay. Is it his... This is, I, this is almost definitely not true, but when I was reading it, I thought that it was his penance, or his character was involved um, with why she was named Penance? Yeah, I don't think... Because if that's, that's all, all he says, like he yeah. needs, he essentially needs to name her so that she yeah. can have like a name for the right. remainder of the thing. Right. Yeah. But it, if that's the only <clears throat> thing he says, I'm like, oh god, something's going on there. Like, he yeah. must, right, right, right. Must, like, never sit out in the rain for some reason. You'll never know. Right. Never gonna be. Never gonna be talked about. Great. Uh, there, but it also is cool stuff with Jubilee because I didn't realize Jubilee's point of view until this read through because I just read those issues mm-hmm. uh, when Jubilee first appeared. She was hanging out. This could this could bring up issues. All the ex ladies went shopping True. in a mall. Women shop. Women yeah, okay. do shop, as they say. Okay, good. No, uh, shops. no shop shaming. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Jubilee was like a street performer at the mall. This was when Tiffany was huge. So Jubilee was like doing her light show at a mall. Uh, she saw the. I think the X Men might have gotten to a fight. It was, it was she also followed when, like a lot of twelve year old girls were doing light shows. <laughs> yeah, so in, in malls. Big. 
Jubilee followed the ex-women through the portal that Gateway had started back to the Outback and just was like, what the fuck, where am I? Right. And just kind of like, like was kind of scared and like hung out for a while in the shadows, like eating food they left over, like kind of terrified of them when she found okay. out that they were mutants um, or whatever. Right. So I, so I do like the fact that when he see, when she sees that Gateway did this kind of again mm-hmm. with another girl, she mm-hmm. was like, what the fuck, dude? Is this just something that you do? Right, right, like, right, what, right, why, right. you know? Right. Because Gateway changed her life. Like, right. he got her to the X-Men accidentally. Right. Which, right. I don't know. But maybe not accidentally. Yeah, which I don't think they ever um, Speaking with. of Jubilee, so maybe I misread it, and I don't remember which one it is, but you know how they were doing, like, blah, blah, blah is nature's way of saying blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Is there a moment where they say Jubilee is nature's way of saying oops? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> why, why, why that dig on Jubilee? <laughs> she's kind of a dopey... Oh. No, she's not dopey. She strikes me as particularly dopey. She's well. She's portrayed as like a brat, or of like sort a, of aimless. Like, yeah, like not. a spunky, right? Fuck up brat, which right. I love. Right. It's not here a ton in these issues. No. Although I do love that she does say like, or that everyone always says, "Oh, are you going to regale us with another tale of when you were with the X Men?" Yeah. I love yeah. that right. part yeah. of her character. <clears throat> um, with issue four, we mm-hmm. get a Christmas fable. Basically, I think that's what they actually call it. <laughs> okay. Uh, that. It was one of the few issues that actually tackles the persecution of minorities hmm. subplot of X-Men, which, right, right. for that being the whole thing, is rarely right, the thing. Right, But if you're only reading X-Men highlights, that's the only X-Men story you get. Yeah. Yes. Wait, say that again? If, if like, my experience with X-Men tends to be, like, reading the best or the most right, interesting right, issues right. that Brett recommends. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I get it. You guys feel weird. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it's like your thing. Great, cool. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, it seems pretty rare to have a mutant who, like, it's just like a mutant in the traditional sense. Right. Of, like, oh, their, their genetic mutation didn't work out very well. Yeah, yeah, he's just kind of a special kid. Sad as shit. Um, it's weird to me that everybody thought he was a mutant, but nobody was like, what's your power? Yeah. <laughs> like, that it was, I don't think it was meant to be a surprise reveal, but a little bit it was approached as a surprise reveal that this yeah. guy's not a mutant. Right. Oh, it was definitely a surprise. Like, when I was a kid, that was like, whoa. Really? Yeah. I was 10. I don't okay. know. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, this is, like, Chris Pachalo is known for doing a lot of, like, quirky, whimsical things, and this entire issue is structured around these, like, story elves. Yeah, that's great. I love Love it. those. What Wait, you- that's not just sort of like a like a panel decoration type thing? Like, I didn't take them very seriously. No, I, I don't did. think you should, but I think, like, he does, like, work them in for comical effect, like, them commenting on the action, right. and then, like... I loved it as a kid. It reminds me of the thing in political cartoons where, like, to get an extra little dig in, yeah. there's, like, a little guy in the corner who's, like, you know, like <laughs> So, yeah, so the plot of this issue is the Generation X kids are just going into town, and they notice that there's, like, a, a road blocked off, and there's, like, there's, there's shit going down at the, uh, is it high school, I would imagine, probably? Yeah. Uh, and there's, like, a hostage situation where this kid... This this mutant kid, what we think is a mutant kid, has been kind of shunned from the town, mm-hmm. basically. Like, he's that kid, I guess. It's very Dickensian. Yeah. Do we know why he knew this teacher and why he came here for this teacher? No, I think I think it's just implied that, like, that teacher has kind of tried to, like, has been making him a special case. Because he says, like, you said I could come learn. I just wanted to come learn. The right. kid does. Right. Uh, and... So basically, he goes to the classroom to try and, like, I'm here to learn, but he's so scary looking that... 
I guess everyone thinks that he's holding them hostage or whatever. I mean, then he kind of is because yeah. he physically won't let the teacher leave and he yeah. lets the kids leave or whatever. Yeah. Um, that is kind of shaky. Didn't we all think the teacher looked a lot like the dad from Family Ties? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, darker. Like, yeah. I was like, is this supposed to be <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but yeah, then Generation X kind of just gets involved a little bit. At the same time, the orphan maker and Nanny, who we've been seeing in these very confusing subplots, <laughs> uh, has been appears to kill the mute, air quote mutant kids' parents to make right. them an orphan. Orphan. Right. Is this? Let me ask. Is this the culmination of those interludes? It seems yeah. like do the, those don't pay off in the main story. No. That that this oh, is wow. that. Are this you, is that's interesting. Are you being real right now? Yeah. Those two orphan maker so, interludes are so this whole thing this. ends with him being like. Ah, forget it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that's, that's how the orphan maker leaves. They don't even have to fight him off. It's just like there's kind of a fight. Yeah. Like skin does some stuff, and then orphan maker's like, you know what? They're not even good parents. He's basically an orphan. I'm just gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how your issue ends. Yeah. And then no, it ends one note up, which is like, oh man, that kid's not even a mutant, and Getty's a mutant. Yeah. yeah. Bummer. Do they actually say something like that? Like I don't know if they bummer, say bummer or like raw deal or something like. <laughs> Uh, what? Ellie isn't even a mutant at all. He's just ugly. Apparently, he was born that way. A mutant without any of the benefits of being one of us, but yep. he is one of us. Okay, so they don't. Okay. Yep. They don't really. He's someone who fell between the cracks. Dot dot dot. And we're like, cool, cool, cool. What's the lesson? Yeah, the nope. lesson. Oh, okay. The lesson is Great. next month. <laughs> yeah, right. Great. Um, it's interesting they draw that distinction. Like that's even that doesn't even speak very well of their character. Where because he's just because he's genetically weird but just in like an ugly way right. yeah he's not a mutant like yeah like he suffers from mutations but not like in a not in a screaming colors kind of way, yeah you know? <laughs> not not in a cool right. way right right not right. A... right right but well it's, it's not, not like power. his yeah like like skin is deformed probably i mean i don't know in, in but, his own way but not but skin here's the thing i meant to ask skin is not always deformed well, his skin's always like droopy, but not always. Not always. No, no when there are playing, some. When they were playing okay, Scrabble, yeah, when they were playing like, Scrabble, oh, kind of cute. Yeah, I, Skim was always my favorite character. I'll say that. I don't know why, because he does nothing, but he does nothing out of a very real fear. Like he doesn't fight right. penance or anyone because he's afraid his skin's going to cut up because it's just skin, you know. Right. Right. <clears throat> also, yeah, that's fair. I do think it is bad on the colorist that Implate and Orphan Maker are almost identical looking. Right, right. Like, purple and gray, weird, like, mouthpieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of weird. Speaking of which, uh, is this is this the first time in this series, I mean, it is because I read from the beginning, that they're sort of in X-Men uniform? Oh, yeah. Like, not really training oh, yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Banshee looks, you Banshee's know, like, wearing like he's uniform good for to go. What were they wearing when they went after... They were all wearing, they were all wearing their, like, maroon, reddish uh, right. costumes. But Banshee was wearing, I think, his, like, teacher's jacket. He wasn't wearing yeah, his he actual, was, like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, costume costume. Um, we haven't really talked about Chamber at all, actually. Didn't you say you love Chamber? I did. I I like Chamber a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, because it was it was different. You know, it oh, wasn't yeah. just snappy or cranky. There's something much deeper he... going on there, and he reminds me a little bit actually of Dream from the Sandman series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, the um, M-, M plates. Whole mouth thing reminds me of Sandman too. Oh yeah, that's um, right. Well, Chris Petrallo's first work was on an issue of Sandman. Do like you know Sandman, which one like, though? It was the. It was like early. It was oh, like yeah. maybe so like that 10. makes sense. Yeah. So he might have been drunk. Oh no, but ten is a little late for the um, whole gas mask thing. Anyway, yeah. you know, there's a weird thing with Chamber though, where like he's like very proper British, 
for the first three issues, and then at some point, it's like, me mate! Oh, yeah. boy! <laughs> like, all of a sudden, I'm just like, what? Right? Yeah. Well, he it's also doesn't talk controlled. that much in the first couple of Right, ones. but when he does, it's very controlled, and yeah. then when he opens up, he's a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> he's also a character design that just, you can't, like, people were like, I feel like he Chris Pachala had the idea for the character, told it to Scott Lobdell, the writer, and he was like, I don't know how you'd make that work. And Chris right. Pachala finally drew it, and he was like, oh, that works. But, right. like, it's very hard for any other artist to really get the whole, like, I guess proportion of where the top of the head is, how much the body is the weird fire, and, like, right, yeah. right. make it all look like it makes sense. Yeah. Right, right, right. What happened to him? What's his background? Uh, when first, did we find that out? He is, um... You find it out from the preview magazine because I don't know when they <laughs> ever. Not. I don't know when they ever discuss it. I think they discuss it later on. Like his body, he's like filled with this energy, and the first right. time he tried to use his power, it just literally blew off the, oh. the that his chest and jaw. But when he wraps it up, it's still forms jaw, jaw a shapes. jaw. Yeah. So I don't know. That's the weird um, thing. You just that's go super with. interesting, though. Okay, um, so that that's. I feel like that doesn't happen a ton with the, yeah. in the X Men. Where it's like, oh, well, sometimes you like learn about your power and like bad, like it can go yeah. kind of bad, but to, for it to have permanent effects, it's also it very real. And also, like when when Husk and Chamber have their first kiss, it blows up the. I was that that's that interesting. Comes up. That comes up. Mm. Interesting. It's like issue six. Interesting. Um, that doesn't make any sense. You can't kiss a fire mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Why it, would you yeah, try? I don't. Yeah. Um, I think it actually would have killed her if she hadn't uh, husked in time. But um. Wait. Why were they trying to kiss? Uh, well, that gets to... No, I don't mean, like, why does a person want to kiss another person? <laughs> Guess. I mean, like... Think about it. We live alone, we die alone. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, I mean, like, why would you try to kiss somebody with a fire mouth? And why, if you had she a fire mouth, would you try to kiss somebody? She was drunk. Like, I don't real, care. Like, real drunk. I don't drunk. care. What? Like, real drunk. I don't drunk. care how drunk you are. <laughs> you know how, a fire you know mouth I think, no, I, think, I think he was bandaged up, maybe. <laughs> oh, I think, okay. I can, yeah. get, I can get the issue no, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> You can get to the um, point where you're drunk and you don't care what the person looks like, and maybe five times that drunk is you don't care that their head is fire. <laughs> right. Um, um, but yeah. Wait. So what would his power have been if he hadn't blown his face off? Well, uh, again, that well, there's we get a glimpse of that in what happens because of the last page of this. Uh, the last page of this issue is Jubilee reading a memo while this giant crystal and structure I overtakes. I didn't try to read it because it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be mean. <laughs> But it was a page where the the words were being taken over, and I was like, you're making it hard. Yeah. You're well, being cute, and you're making it hard. Well, I mean, that's also what Jubilee says, because she says, let me see, Imkron Crystal, blah, 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 Death of Xavier, what, well, that's bad. Generation Next, what is this crap? Whatever. Like, uh, what is she reading? Uh, well, I mean, this is like a meta thing, because also going on simultaneous to this, uh, in the other X-Men books, was this time travel storyline where Professor X's... Uh, long lost ish son goes back in time to try and kill Magneto because in his son's mind it's like Magneto's the one that's always been keeping my dad down. I'm gonna go back to when they first met, mm-hmm. kill Magneto. Who is that? Uh, Legion. Okay. Uh, Legion goes back to kill Magneto. He accidentally he tries to kill Magneto, but at that time Magneto and Professor X are friends, so Professor X jumps in the way, he kills Professor X. Before so, he was born. Before he was born. So, so everything he, he classic Michael J, classic so he Michael time J. Fox's yes. way out of there. Yeah. So everything gets fucking crazy. Uh, that's what this is. Like, this is the result of that happening. Is, oh. the, is reality is shifting. Um, oh, I'm sorry I was so snide. Yeah. So for the first... So basically, Generation X was kind of fucked, because they had four issues of the series. Right. And then they took 
every single X-Men book had a four-month hiatus Oof. that was replaced by this alternate, the Age of Apocalypse, that was replaced by this alternate reality. But was it like reality. Generation X, Age of Apocalypse? Yeah, it okay. was, like, all the titles got um, an- analogous things. Right, right, Like, right. most of the, like, Generation Next oh, I was see. the next thing, and it was, um, you got Husk, who was a brunette, who had, um, I think she had Wolverine, no, 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 Kate. What is? What are you talking about? What do you mean? Uh, what are you? Are you telling me in that the alternate in, reality? I just fell asleep and I'm having a nightmare changes? listening to you guys talk. Right? Like, she dyed her hair color. I think uh, okay, is what, that what makes they sense. actually say it. Okay. Um, they're they're taught by Kitty, the alternate Kitty Pride and Colossus. Kitty oh, Pride cool. has Wolverine claws. That's cool. Uh, and Does, they're they're two. Is Kitty Pride actually a badass? Or she yeah, she's just an she's a sadistic badass. Okay. Like she's a hard ass. I'm gonna like, read that. Yeah, it's, because this whole it's really good. Kitty Pride and Wolverine and the X Men is giving me a real opposite of a boner. It's a really good. Four issue thing because it's also done by this creative team. It's Chris Pachalo and Scott Lobdell awesome. doing a four issue like Mad Max Apocalypse like crazy. They have like a they have a suicide mission. Right. Um, Skin you is wish. in it. Chamber is in it. And Chamber in that is a normal person except he has like a little hole in his chest. Okay, that this is shoots where you're out energy. This oh, is where you're that's getting. more manageable. Yeah. So that's what he would have been if he hadn't when he tried to use his energy yeah. beam screwed up. Yeah, and he also oh, wear, he also has like sad. this giant chest plate that like also like man it like keeps it in check. Right. Mm. Right. Um, Skin is in it. Shades of Cyclops. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's a really good series. It's very, very bleak. It has the most infuriating ending. Like, it, as a as a 10-year-old, I was so mad at the ending. I love the ending now. Okay. The ending is bleak as fuck. Okay, cool. <laughs> but, then the, the, but then the series comes back for five and six, and then Chris Pachalo left, I think, to go do another oh, Vertigo series. Okay. Maybe Shade or maybe Death, actually. I don't know. I don't know as many things as <clears throat> you know about God. Yeah, <laughs> like um, things at all. Just facts. Like all yeah. your things yeah, are still less specific. Don't be sorry. That's, that's okay because you probably come pretty even because Brett doesn't know that many things outside this comic. Exactly. Things. I mean, I, yeah. like getting get into like algebra, quadratic formula. Don't know it. <laughs> yeah. iPad. Um. So basically, like Generation X is only good for like the first six issues of the series, like five and six. Uh, continue this level of quality because I think it's good. I think you're wrong about. That M stuff not being good. Really? Yeah. I think well, wait until well. you read it. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh god. Um, Every time I see twin girls, I'm like, why? Why don't you just become one 16 year old person? <laughs> what are you guys doing? Or twins our age become like a 50 year old person? No, why wouldn't you do that? Because <laughs> um, everyone knows twins can do that. Oh, all twins can. Yeah. You just gotta slam them together hard enough. So go yep. punch a twin. Yeah, I didn't even re- on this last page. I didn't even realize this is Jubilee. I thought this was that uh, Saint Croix woman uh, <laughs> oh, no. because her Jubilee print is uh, so muted, and she's wearing a Santa hat. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. true. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much Generation X. I've given you the lowdown. The series, the series is good for the first thirty-ish issues. Uh, Chris Bichal, the artist, comes back with issue eighteen, and he's on it from eighteen to thirty-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, his art has changed a lot. There's there's like a third look of his art. It's right. a different, it's still, but still kind of him. Um, and then the book goes off the fucking rails and becomes like unreadable bad. Like unreadable. And it, it's that way for the majority of its 75 issue run. Whose fault is that? Uh, Larry Hama. Larry fucking Oh right, Hama. you said that. Yeah. You he, hate him more than anyone you've ever met. Yeah. Jay Farber comes on after that, does an okay job trying to write the rails, doesn't. And then Warren Ellis and Brian Wood take over the oh. end of it. Hmm. The thing is Brian Wood's first um, work. <laughs> Uh, and it was, like, better-ish, but, no. Anyway. Hey, now we are with, uh, Matt. Other Matt. Not Matt Fisher. Wait, why am I now other Matt? Well, 
Uh, he did a really good job. You sons of bitches. In the previous 57 minutes. Delightful. Um, but anyway, you wanted to give your t- thoughts. I almost said your tots. My, I want to give I want to give everybody tater tots. <laughs> give us your tots uh, on Generation Chief X number one through four, uh, which was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> way to lead, way to lead the interview. Yeah, no, it really was. It. I really enjoyed it, and uh, you, you, we're recording this on Wednesday, and you're you're in your Face Jam article went up today, oh, yeah. and it was sort of something that we were talking about uh, before, like revisiting revisiting old works like that, right? And. I was I was curious as to see how this was going to reread, especially because yeah. I haven't really revisited any of the like early '90s X stuff uh, in a it's very very really long time. Good. Yeah, all of it. It's all 100%. really percent The thing is, when you compare it to everything else, I really I really liked it. I was I was impressed with how well the characterization held up. And this is something we were talking about yeah. before too. Is like Lobdell is a guy who has almost always looking back on anything that anyone's railed on that he's that he's done it's been it's been company owned work and even then when he would introduce characters they'd be a minor character within yeah. a greater tapestry this really felt like the first time that you got to see like okay if how does his brain work yeah what is he like yeah and here are all these characters except for jubilee uh gateway um uh, well, well, the majority, yeah, basically, and Banshee and the White Queen, uh, the majority of them were, were characters that he has had a hand in either yeah. uh, shaping immediately or creating. Yeah. And all of them were interesting. All of them uh, spoke in their own voices. Oh, yeah. Each of them had an attitude. I did think it was funny, although it was totally 90s, that I think uh, the phrase kick butt appeared like <laughs> at least once an issue maybe twice that's also the weird thing like the comics go because now they'd say kick ass and it would still yeah. be age appropriate for yeah, yeah. 10 to 12 year olds but in the 90s I, I think the kick butt thing just stood out to me just as a very much as a language yeah. thing but everything else about the book was was really interesting it looking back on I remember having mixed feelings when I initially read it and in I realize now why that is Ooh. um and that is because reading it really feels like that was, I feel like that might have been the first real decompressed sort of storytelling that I had seen. Yeah, it really is. And I was, and, and I realize that now why, like I was, I had mixed feelings at the time because I enjoyed the art, I liked the writing, but there wasn't really anything happening. Like Mondo Doesn't, is, yeah. Mondo's on the cover of the first issue and he's on two pages, none of which interacting with the team. He was in all the preview art, he had a trading card. Yeah, all being a part of the team, and he does not join the team until the first annual, and then I think he, I think that's like issue ten. Yeah, so like it's a ways in. It took him, it took him a long time to, and and so going back, I remember reading it and being frustrated, and that was that was what it was. Was yeah. I liked the characters, and at this point in my life, I, I prefer like solid characterization. Oh, yeah. I like I like reading characters. It feels so rich. interesting. And yeah. The other weird thing was that Penance. They revealed her real name in one of the preview things as being Yvette, and she was from Yugoslavia. Right. Neither of those things are true. None. I want. I would love to hear an oral history. Oral histories that will never happen uh, about between Bachalo and Lobdell about the creation of this. Yeah. Because they they feel like such. It feels like these two weirdos met and then. Like, how, why did Lobdell choose Bachalo? Like, how did they meet? Yeah. How yeah. did they come up with all these weird characters? It's it's a really interesting choice to put them together, especially considering where the X office was at that time. Yeah, and was that 
was that the office saying, okay, we're pairing you two together? Because I also, yeah. in, 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 uh, I read Generation X, and then I went back and uh, I hunted down and picked up uh, Death, The High Cost of Living. Yeah. Because I'd never read it before. Yeah. And I really wanted to compare, especially because of where his artwork is now compared to where it was. Yeah. And it's a really interesting, it's, it's much more defined, I think, uh, whereas now he really seems to enjoy, like, almost, uh, uh, he puts a lot into every panel. I, I was wondering as I was reading, speaking of his layout and everything, I was wondering as I was reading Generation X number four if that wasn't a production issue, why there were, like, 12 pages with borders on them. Yeah, like, that was weird. Because it seemed like... I, I remembered I remembered that from when I initially read it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go back and like look at his weird yeah. page design for this." But then I, but then I noticed like all of those pages still have defined borders on them. Yeah. And I wondered if maybe like someone scanned the negatives in at the incorrect size. Oh yeah. And because the the background borders themselves are very like basic CGI patterns, yeah. like like basic CG patterns, and then and then you sort of have the elves around it. Uh, I wondered if that wasn't just, like, them trying to turn I, a mistake yeah. into an opportunity. I'll tell you that his that stuff influenced me so much that the only, my comic book that I was drawing at this time... Yeah. Uh, first of all, one of my issues did have story elves in it. I was, this Delightful. was, like, 6th or 7th grade. But then I also started doing, like, hand-drawing X's. Like, I would do the, all the box, the panels, yeah. and then the white space, I would just do X's. And all. Like, I, nice. he influenced me as an, as an artist, air quotes... I draw. You draw? Uh, he influenced me so much as a kid because it was doing things I never thought possible before. Um, the only thing dated I about it, which I think I might have brought up in the episode, the exposition and the subplots. Both of those feel very 90s X. Very story, very 90s storytelling. I'll tell you, I noticed that but didn't, just in the sense of like that's what I grew up with. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I was, was looking used for it, it. I think. Yeah. I that liked. Was the only thing. I liked. Uh, yeah, I, I and, and the characters had more distinct voices than I initially remembered. Like uh, looking back at the age discrepancies between them, and being older and understand, and, and now having lived through all those ages, oh, yeah. and thinking about those interactions, all of that makes sense to me. I love skin. Is skin may have been. My favorite character. He's my favorite character. Uh, and he's I, in it so little. Yeah. But he, there's a reason. Like he, they actually like say why he isn't like why he hangs back is because he's so afraid of his own mutation. That's why he was afraid he was going to melt in the rain, right? Like that's I remember they, he was afraid that um, Penance was going to cut him. Oh, it literally, he, that yeah. literally was it. Yeah. Okay. I her, couldn't remember what. Well, the I mean, actual... that's what Husk says. Like she assumes that. Yeah. But like it makes sense. Like if on your first, if two of the first four issues are them all chasing someone who is diamond hard and sharp. Yeah. And his whole thing is, I got a lot of skin. Like yeah. holy crap. <laughs> See, I couldn't remember if it was. I didn't know if there was like a later explanation that was like, oh, he doesn't want to go in the rain because he can't control the like the oh, that might come hotness up yeah. of his skin. And he just turn into like a, a, a deflated child's swimming pool. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, with water. Reading these issues has gotten me like, if I was given the reins of launching a Generation X title in 2012, you know, I trying to think of what I would do. And it's like, well, the only characters that are still around are Jubilee, Husk, M, and Chamber. Yeah, like all of them are dead. Or, yeah. I mean, Banshee's dead. 
Like, Emma Frost is the only other one that's around. It's really disappointing to to not have Banshee around because he really, the way that Scott Lobdell wrote him in that story, he was a, a really solid mentor and seemed like the type of person that relished in that role. Yeah. And the X-Men seem like they really need a they character. Need elder Statesman. They need Elder Statesman. With Nightcrawler and Banshee. With did. empathy. Yeah. Which Banshee had. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I really like the new Cyclops. Maybe that's because I'm a sociopath, but <laughs> I enjoy where they're going with that character. But there is no, like, maybe Storm, but she's kind of pushing that to the wayside by default in the current books because yeah. of the situation that exists there. Like, if you had someone like Banshee, who they, by the way, completely removed that empathy from and turned him into a, uh, oh, a near totalitarian... Thank you, Joe Casey! Uh, that uh. was... That was a, that was it was an interesting time. The early two thousands were the only time I've ever probably g- I gave up on the X books at that point, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that any final thoughts on Generation X one through four? Uh, I really flip it back to the regular proceedings. Sure, I really enjoyed it, and I liked. Um, it felt it felt like the most consistent characterization and good characterization yeah. of characters in the X-Books at that time. Peter David was already off of X-Factor oh, yeah, yeah. at that point, which was my favorite, still one of my favorite things ever, the mayonnaise jar and everything. Oh, but, so um, but on a whole, I think that if you are going to try to uh, point to a book that Scott Lobdell wrote to say, like, this yeah. guy knew what he was doing, yep. Generation X 1 through 4 are definitely the books to pick up. I love the. I also love like the sort of toss off to the to the whole Age of Apocalypse that they have on oh, the last yeah. page. It's just like we're going to end our story. All right, fine. Yeah. Here's what's happened and the the crystallization. Not 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 to get even more because we got to wrap up. But I just I am really am mad because they did four issues, then four issues of an amazing AOA tie-in, and then Bachala was on for two more issues. And then he was gone for another 12 with yeah. Tom Grimmett because he went back to do another miniseries. The, Maybe with, Shade. I don't know. They, yeah, they had, uh, they had Tom Grimmett and, uh, and Roger Cruz was filling yeah, in there, too. Yeah, and it made me so mad. Like, now thinking back, I was like, I would have, like, what if he had been able to draw the first 10 issues? Because he did 10 issues in a yeah. row, remember monthly. How, but remember oh. how weird everything was in that book when he came back and I mean that in the best way possible like when he came yeah. back his style had evolved so it got much so more manga much. yeah yeah like you look at like when you get to issue 25 with like Black Yo, Tom yeah. and like that when when Black Tom is the plant yeah like he, his style got he, a lot more I, I call that his cutesy phase because mm-hmm. every all the girls had those really heart shaped faces oh and like, yeah they all, like, yeah. looked like they were 10 years old yep. his style is more towards that now but it's gotten it's progressed even further but anyway yep. uh, thank you for letting me talk to you as the co-host of course <laughs> well it's my pleasure to, I'd love to be on the show again <laughs> okay. if you ever talk to uh, the real Matt yeah the new real Matt uh, he lets me back on the show I Matt know. Fisher guys yeah back how does this compare to Wolverine and the X-Men Nicole <laughs> I think I, I think I, I prefer this because stuff's happening yes and it feels, it feels like Wolverine the X-Men is waiting for stuff to happen, still. Yeah, kinda. 
Weird, because yeah. Wolverine X Men has a lot more plot, and this has next to no plot. But the characters but are the, interacting. The plots in, in Wolverine the X Men are almost always people coming in from outside. Yeah, it's never driven by the people at the school. I think mm. that's what my problem is. Okay, with that's true. There's mm. not a ton being driven by the people at the school. I yeah. mean, and this is people coming in from outside too, but there's, there's a lot of good dynamics. Like you can get like, like. M is opposed to everyone. Like right. there's a there's a cool bonding going on between Husk and Skin. Right. Uh, Skin and Sink become really good friends in issues five and six. Right. Like right. Th- there's these like cool I mean, I opinions. Part of it is also Wolverine and the X Men by its name is still pretty heavily about Wolverine. So you feel like the kids are always peripheral. Yeah, yeah. And you want them to take a bigger role. I yeah. think. Yep. Matt, where can people find you on the internet? You're on Twitter uh, at uh, Fisher Matt with no C. In the yeah, Fisher yeah. part, F I S H E R. Oh. Um, and uh, Tumblr and the whole. I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah, just Google that. Yeah, Google. Yeah, Google me. Go yeah. to see the law firm at ten thirty. Ten thirty Fridays. Fridays. Such good shows, like funny. You enjoy them. <laughs> uh, and you can find a call on Twitter at Nicole M Therese. Please tweet at her. It's fine. Don't. No, do it. But Go. You don't have to. If yeah, you seriously do it, do it. She I've done this. it, and I'm glad. I, every time I do, I'm glad I did. Thanks. She'll favorite it definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't, you know, if you like... I'm making promises. Yeah. You know, be civil about it. She'll definitely give you a Give her something to read that's worth her time. That's fair. Or don't, if you don't want to. Don't do it. (laughs) But just don't hold out on a favorite, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And you can follow me on Twitter at at Brett White. You can visit our website, Matt and Brett Love Comics, where you can find all of our social media information, as well as links to all of our old episodes. Uh, If you're interested in any of the comics that we talk about on this podcast, you can go to Amazon.com. Uh, click on that through our website so we get some money. Uh, you can find the Generation X Classic uh, trade paperback on there, which you can buy on Amazon, which has all these issues. Um, also, if you're just buying anything on Amazon this holiday season, go to our website, click on one of the items, and go to Amazon through our website. We will get money off of whatever you buy. So <laughs> I'm just saying that would be good. Uh, <laughs> please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It really helps us out there. And like us on Facebook and leave us comments and story suggestions. And also go back and check out those past episodes. Uh, we got a lot of good ones in there. If you want to hear about... I'm trying to think of ones that... Uh, Nicole, what's your favorite episode? Um, the Courtney Crewman run is great. Oh, uh, listen to the Kelly Sudaconic podcast. Oh, yeah, with Planetary. Yeah, and see if you can sense the fact that I'm freaking out the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for being here. My great pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks. And we, I think we've all forgotten about the other Matt, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I sort of, I sort of cleaned house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. Bye-bye, people. Bye. Holla at your boy. Were you not thinking I was going to say it? No, what's so funny is I was like, wow, go out with a bang. No, <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs>